Release the Geek, the official podcast of Geek XP. Curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal. Curse me, Rose. Run for your life. Fatality. I'm Batman. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you happen to be. Thank you for taking time out of your day to join us for Release the Geek, the official podcast of Geek XP. As this is the last Friday of the month, this is a Variants cover podcast. For those of you new to the podcast, the Variants cover crew are the team of comic book experts that Geek XP turns to when we need to discuss comic-related topics. The Variants team is made up of Naz Husson, Greg Nell, and Dimpo Moetti. To get a good handle on their experiences and why they qualify as our comics experts, check out episode 55 where they talk about comic store myths. They each also have their own individual origin episodes, so you might want to check those out to get a better understanding around each of them. This particular episode was actually recorded much, much earlier in the year. However, the previous variant slots either went to topics which were much more timely, such as Batman vs Superman, or when we were on our post icon break. This episode is recorded so early in the year, as a matter of fact, that we're missing a certain Naz Husson, who was at the time hobnobbing it with the stars in Los Angeles as part of his Story Lab experience. We also were still nailing down the name and format of the Variants podcast. That should give you an idea of how early in the process this was. The topic placed before our experts for this episode? Well, what are their suggestions for the best crossover or limited series in all of comicdom? We pass this episode over to the diva for her rating. Franku, what did the diva have to say? The diva has enjoyed this podcast and rates it. It'd work nicely with vinegar. Thanks very much to Franku and the Diva, but for now, without any further ado, please join me, Les Allen, co-host Vittorio Leonardi, and two-thirds of the Variants cover crew as we release the geek and discuss the best comic crossovers or limited series. And now, we're releasing the geek. all the things and where can they find you later for your pearls of wisdom which you might be dropping <laughs> online for so this is the problem is I'm really really bad at uh, dropping pearls of wisdom but I'm I'm trying to get where do we have you I don't know <laughs> I don't know. It's because I'm really pretty. I keep spending money on like, pizza. What are you just overstating that? Why are you here? I'm gorgeous. Seriously, so, I, I would say I'm justify great, like, your presence here as a geek things. girl. Okay, my present here as a geek girl is because I read and I watch all the things. Okay, not all things, but a alarming amount. I read an alarming amount of comic books and I mm-hmm. watch an alarming amount of music videos, TV shows, adverts. Pop culture. All the pop culture things. Like, I have to keep my hand on the pulse and try and catch up with the stuff that's come before. What I was cunningly trying to do was to get you... Was to get you to... Uh... Yes, even Mother Nature <laughs> is laughing at you. Seriously. What I was trying to cunningly get you to do is do a bit of self-promotion deals. Like, where can they find you on the interwebs? They can find me on Instagram. Yes. Where I will post, now that I've got a phone with a camera <laughs> worth something, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll post a lot more interesting photos and videos. More cats? Yeah, a lot more than cats because I don't have All any right, cats. Alright, up your cat. What's what, man? Cats. cats are cool. But um, what I'm trying to get started on doing is just live tweeting random first episodes that I started watching. Okay. So the one I've done so far was American Crime Story. Yes. That's um, 
It's it's their retelling of the O.J. Simpson trial, uh, but it's Cuba Gooding Jr. as O.J. Simpson and David Schwimmer as oh David Schwimmer as oh. Robert Kardashian. Oh. It is both. It's really good. It's really compelling they, they, and interesting, but it's also hella weird. I'm I'm going to continue to try and coax the correct answer out of you. So if somebody was to want to follow you while you were live tweeting, there's I'm... not Twitter handle. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the question at last. I'm actually going to have to change my Twitter handle because it's Dizzy Dimple. That's mm-hmm. my twi- Twitter handle, but it's D-I-Z-Z-I-L-I-M-P-H-O. I told you no one spells Dizzy that way. I've been telling you for years. Because <laughs> that's obviously what the problem is. That's the problem, <laughs> yes. Obviously. If you change I that I to a Y, everything would change. <laughs> so apparently it's a Dizzy with a silent L-A-M-P-H-O. Okay. Yeah, Dizzy Dimple, but L-I because of Sutu. And I use that same handle for Instagram. Yes. Don't bother following me on Facebook. I'm... Very rarely post there, or I'm yelling at people who are wrong on the internet. <laughs> it's, it's not worth it, trust me. It's, it really isn't. Like, it's, it's just, you know, let's go mm-hmm. to the sites where there's a little bit more fun. Sure. Now, Greg. Hey, yes, sir. I hope you've been paying attention at the absolute schmozzle that was the intro for Dizzy. It was super I'm assuming I should just spend time talking about everything except what you're asking me? Yes. If you would be so kind, we'll have <laughs> at least 20 more hours on the SD card, so yeah, cool. go for it. Uh, where can people find your polls of wisdom and or cat photos? Uh, well, if, if you want to either um, see cat photos or um, see things that other people have tweeted that I've retweeted, yes, you can find me at Greg J. Nell, that's with two L's, mm-hmm. uh, on pretty much every service. Greg J. Nell. Greg J. Nell. Weapon X. Oh. Uh, weapon X <laughs> is, is, is the thing. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I've never heard that. That's beautiful. Weapon X. No, no, it's ECH. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, 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 uh, like not brand Yeah, like not brand X. Yeah. Which is Mar- used to be Marvel's comedy magazine. Yes. So I, I, I that and what the what ECH. Yeah. 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 ECC. So I, I think the, the, the important thing is I'm clearly an off-brand uh, Wolverine. You're an off-brand. <laughs> <laughs> the discount Wolverine. And, and, and Vittorio Leonardi co-hosts the release the gig. Yes. Where do people find... I'm getting this out of the way because I got chastised for the last two times. What we forgot I, I was reminded, oh, where can the people find it? I think it was Naz. But he's a media whore now, I think. Uh, is that what we call him? To be fair, he's, he's always been good at self-promotion. You know, yeah. he's, he used to run the the uh, the uh, mm-hmm. most popular website about things no one cared about uh, in Joburg. <laughs> they're, 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 I think that was yeah, their, Who visits the ANC's website anyway? Uh, but, um, <laughs> that was actually their, their tagline for a while. It was uh, the, the most popular site about the things no one... Uh, mm-hmm. I can't remember what it actually was. That was, great. Right. that was a really great website. Yeah, it wasn't that great. Great information yeah. about what you don't care about. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Vic's website. Yes. You can find my website at vittorio.shop.fm. That's V-I-T-T-O-R-I-O.shop.fm. Any, and I know some of the people are wondering what the FM stands for. The guy who I leased the website from leased the website from the domain of the Federated Islands of Micronesia. Oh, cool. Hence <laughs> FM. The number of people who have messaged me going, says, dude, do you do radio? No, the FM is... Yes, I do radio. What yes, do you do? Is there money involved? Uh, yes, and uh, Vittorio, at Vittorio Leo on Twitter and on Facebook, you just yeah, just look for Vittorio Leonardi. Lovely. If you need help with the spelling, just go to the Release the Geek website. And, uh, yeah, you well, yeah, Yes, and there's a picture of me and everything. Why is yeah. there not a picture of me up there? Because for very good reasons. you're not a founding member. So That's there. a fair point. Yes, we... Well... 
Thank you very much for, for, for allowing me the chance to segue. So, <laughs> dear listener, the idea is that this particular podcast will become a, an entity in its own right. And then we'll have a picture. With its own logo, with its own, uh, with its own name. And as soon as everybody can decide on a name... Please write in with names, because yeah. all our suggestions are terrible. Or taken. Except mine. Mine are great. And, and taken. taken. <laughs> <laughs> and taken. And taken. <laughs> big caveat there. Uh, I, was, I was just trying to... I, the reason I didn't respond to those emails is I was trying to come up with a much better pun than any of you came up with. <laughs> and I had nothing. So, so it's not just you. Okay. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just me. So, Diz, when this does become its own thing... Yes. You'll have a picture. Good. I will be rendering you in MS Paint, and I will post that photo. <laughs> I am now incredibly terrified. Don't be. I, I will never be afraid of art. I want to be an ASCII art, please. <laughs> <laughs> now, but our topic today, our topic today, people, is the best crossover and or limited series and considering that Naz has decided that he wants to associate with a better class of people in Los Angeles, yes, Naz, in, in Hollywood. Naz, for those of you who don't know, is overseas, is, is uh, off in, in the Americas, um, having meetings about his, his potential movies because he's big time. The land of so, yeah. honey and butterfat. So could we all just have one big chorus of "You're a bastard"? One, two, three. <laughs> you're, you're a bastard. I still love you. Go, Naz. You're awesome. Yeah. Screw these guys. They're just jelly. Run, nosing shine. Totally jelly. When he's posting photos of him standing next to Alan Tudyk. I know it's really yeah. upsetting. Yeah, Naz. That must have been a rough childhood. Yeah. Tudyk. Oh, he's English. I'm sure it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Apology to Richard. (laughs) So, Naz, yes, we kind of love you. But we don't need you. But we don't, apparently, we don't need you. I still do. So, so we have. uh, I've kept a chair for you. The framework for for this session was we have Dizzy and Greg, who have both worked at Outer Limits Comic Store. You should actually go back and check out the podcast from the end of last year, Release the Geek where uh, they were talking about their geek credibility and why they are fit to sit in front of these microphones and discuss comics I'm not sure that, that that's, that's quite accurate. It was more like with myself, Greg, and Naz were weeping about our experiences with... With all the like, different kinds of problems we had mm-hmm. working in comic book shops. Yes. Well, and the idea has come on that uh, seeing as you have this credibility, that you have worked there, and that you read the stories, that we can have fun discussions about it. So, who is going to start? Um, I think I'll start. Okay, Diz. Now, what, which one, what, what are you going to do? Yo, what are you going to do? Apparently, this just, podcast is going to be incredibly passive-aggressive. What are you going to do first? Okay, so what I actually really want to talk about is uh, one of the, more, the most recent crossovers so far. Uh, Secret Wars. Secret Wars 2015, not Secret Wars. Oh, sorry, sorry, not Marvel Superheroes, Secret Wars 1984. Not that one. Or number two. Oh, we don't talk about that one. Mm-hmm. There was not a second Secret Wars. We are going to talk about the 2015 one. Right. Which is... Now, are you saying this is a good crossover? Or it a is a fantastic crossover? crossover. What makes it of the good? For me, the way I like to describe it is that it had all the ridiculous things that you'd want to see in a comic book. And it managed to put those all in there while having a fantastic overarching storyline mm-hmm. that's interesting, that's true to the characters, mm-hmm. and that 
put the characters in very different and difficult situations and found interesting ways around that. As a reader of the original Secret Wars, I'm going to give a slight background to anybody who doesn't know what, what we're talking about. Yeah, I should Back in 1984, as Greg mentioned, there was a 12-issue run where the heroes, certain heroes of Earth and certain villains of Earth were taken across the other side of the universe where an extra-dimensional uh, entity called the Beyonder ripped apart an entire galaxy, took a solar system, took all the oh, planets. It, it, it was a galaxy. It's the entire universe because a section of Minnesota ended up on Battleworld. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which is where Spider-Woman comes from. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, he put together different pieces of these planets to create Battleworld. And because he needed to understand desire. He, in the universe that he was from, he was the only entity. So he didn't understand what desire meant. The heroes or the villains, whoever won, each of those would get their own heart's desire. I, I believe the, the uh, I, I am from beyond, uh -huh. slay your enemies and all that you shall desire shall be yours. Yes. Was the, the lion. So yeah. now, I understand that in the new Secret Wars, which I think is... Would you say it's an opportunity for Marvel to reboot the universe? It was, and it wasn't, because, I mean, just before Secret Wars happened, they made a bunch of really interesting and really good changes. Mm -hmm. And like a lot what? of these changes... Like what? So, for example, Captain America became Sam Wilson, which yes. was quite a... Oh, was, Sam Wilson became Captain America. Yeah, yeah, Sam that Wilson is, became Captain the, America. the Falcon, for those of you playing at home. Yeah. yeah. Um, Take a Thor became a woman, which was pretty awesome. And I don't mean that, like... The character Thor had a sex change. How about I mean, a woman took the mantle of Thor. I was going to say that well, if y'all well, would let if, me finish. If, 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 there's, there's a lot of cross dressing in North mythology, so, so it really isn't, wouldn't be surprising yeah, if like, Thor became a woman. Basically, Odin's son, the Thor that we all know, the Thor from the movies, did something that made him unworthy, and the next person to pick up the hammer was is worthy. A, is it a spoiler thingy? Uh, we still, we, don't, we know still don't know what it is. Oh, it's, really? it's, a, it's a running thread that we have not uh, yeah. revealed to us yet. But the following person who picked up the hammer who was worthy was a woman. Mm -hmm. So it's a really great, interesting change. They introduced a new Miss Marvel who is, who is just the is best. Is that Kamala Khan? Kamala that is Kamala Khan. Khan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they made a lot of these really interesting changes at mm -hmm. the time. Right. And they kept the changes. I don't know, Secret Wars wasn't necessarily about rebooting the universe so much as it was about finally getting rid of the ultimate universe and bringing in the most popular characters from there into the main universe. Right. I was initially thinking when I saw the, the entire Secret Wars, so effectively all of the universes, the, the concept is that all of the universes are being smashed together. Yeah, so, they were, so mm -hmm. all the universes essentially are dying out a lot quicker than they should be, mm -hmm. where the contact point between the two universes is Earth, and mm -hmm. if the two Earths, um, you know, blow up, they destroy both universes, and it's uh -huh. happening at an exceedingly fast pace. Mm -hmm. To try not spoil too much of it for anyone, That's if some people want to go back and read it, a character faces off against the Beyonders, which mm -hmm. is different to the Beyonder from the original series, right. and he gains an amount of power and creates the battle world, uh -huh. which is a patchwork world from all the different bits and pieces from all the multiverses onto one planet okay. that he becomes the ruler of. I, I, I think we should say who it is because I it's think it's Dr. much Doom. more interesting. It's Doctor Doom. It's yeah. Dr. Doom. Doctor Doom makes a patchwork world from all the, the remaining parts of yeah. the Marvel multiverse. Mm -hmm. okay. um, and his right-hand man is Doctor Strange, which is... What? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, you should read it. But, uh, it's it's okay. fantastic. Uh, um, essentially, everything dies and then Doctor Doom makes something afterwards. And it... It's great. Okay. Yeah. Well, also, I was initially there's a police force 
of Thor's. It is Thor Force. It, it's literally Thor Force. Yeah, like there's this mini series where it's a it's a police procedural, but yes. all the policemen are Thor's, and it is it is the best thing. I was thinking that it might. This is the reason that Marvel has chosen to uh, to pursue to realign the comics titles with what people are seeing in the movies. Is in, that... No, no, like, this is the thing is, um, you know, obviously to a degree they're doing that, but, you know, we've come we've come out of Secret Wars and pretty much most of the, the status quo are as they were pre-Secret Wars. Yes. Right. Um, really the big... The big thing is, if, if anything, they when they've re, rebuilt the universe, um, I think they've used it to fine tune certain bits of continuity. Yeah. Uh, like uh, Shang Chi's dad, who they could never canonically mention. Okay. Because Shang Chi's dad is Fu Manchu. Uh-huh. But uh, back in the seventies, they had the rights to those novels, and they don't now. So. Right. So. Does it, it does it allow them to reset? Jean Grey. Uh, no, no, she's still dead. Or, but but young Jean Grey from the past is still in the present. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, I, if, if anything, I think it's been there's been a little bit of continuity finessing, and um, honestly, everyone seems a little younger. Okay. Uh, not not you know, like everyone is a teenager now, but like uh, Doctor Strange doesn't have great temples anymore. Yeah, uh, it's that kind of. Uh, I think it's it's just. Does he look like Benedict Cumberbatch? No. No. Okay, no. No more than uh, than Tony Stark <laughs> looks like uh, Robert Downey Jr. I mean, that's the interesting one is. Everyone writes Tony Stark like he's Robert Downey Jr. now. Yeah. Yeah, like yes. that, that is a change that happened. But like, no one's felt the need to draw uh, Steve Rogers to look like Chris Evans, if oh, that makes sure. any sense. The, the weird thing for me is I was reading Thor and mm-hmm. Loki showed up. And it's that realization that they've started drawing Loki like, like Tom Young. Yeah, yeah, I don't think yeah. it looks anything like Hiddleston. Seriously, like there's one paper I looked at it and I was like, <gasps> Hiddleston. I don't know. And it's, it's interesting and it's nice, but it's also mm-hmm. very strange because it's such... It's, it, it's quite a different look from the way Loki looked in, the, in his comic series, which is amazing. And if you ever get the chance to pick it up, do yourself a favor. All right. So this is so Secret Wars is a great yeah. crossover limited series, and it's because they've because of the storytelling. It's because of the storytelling. It's a very tight, well written story. Yeah. But I mean, it's also one of the few limelight crossovers, or should I say, limited series rather, mm-hmm. where That's the tie-in, the tie-ins were incredibly interesting a lot well not all of them but a lot of them were interesting and exciting and different and i mean the idea behind it of using previous crossovers that happened before as the titles and then telling mm-hmm. us a completely different story was right. amazing so we got a planet hulk where a steve rogers who carried a battle axe and his best friend was devil dinosaur it's a barbarian steve rogers yeah. and his partner devil dinosaur travel around a continent of hulks <laughs> looking for bucky who's yeah. been sent to kill the red king Prior oh, to, geez. but it's yeah. disappeared. It's 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 fantastic. You know, you had a you had civil war, which was a lot more interesting and deviated from where the original series started mm. off. Yes, and I think was a lot better. Mm. And the resolution as to um, why the characters were acting somewhat out of character was really interesting. Did it allow them to play with things? Because yeah. I understand, like the with the the spider verses mm. and all the spider totem characters, etc. Did it now allow them to go? Well, here's a very simple reason why we can actually have this character come in and be like Miles. Um, the the explanation for why Miles Morales is now in the Marvel Universe is mm-hmm. in the book, and it's great. Uh, that okay. I don't want to spoil because that is a lost issue. Gotcha. Though. Okay. Um, but there's 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 a couple of they definitely explain why certain characters have. And there's very few characters that bled over from the Ultimate Universe. Yeah. Okay. Um, but mostly because, in a lot of ways, the, the problem the Ultimate Universe had is. The style of storytelling that made it popular 
they started using the regular universe. So they didn't right. really need the ultimate universe. So yeah. the standard Marvel universe can be edgy. It can be dark. Mm. Sure. Well, I mean, which is what the ultimate. But it's also just about putting the characters in different and very interesting positions mm. that you usually mm. wouldn't in a main title because. You know, we have a set belief of what characters are and aren't allowed to do, and who they are and aren't allowed to be, and that's changed. That, that was certainly the most interesting thing about the Ultimate Over Universe the in the back end, but it was also the Ultimate Universe didn't sell very well at that point, so yeah. no one cared. Okay. Nobody cared. Um, but, um, you know, for, for me, the, 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 uh, the qualities that a good crossover needs are, are pretty simple. Um, you know, it needs to have a, a, a good main story, obviously, um, but it needs to have room for the tie-ins to work. If that yeah. makes any sense, right? Um, you know, it's 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 fine and good if if the tie-ins are good, but it's it's very helpful if the if the crossover is structured in a way that the tie-ins are free to be their own things. Did Secret Wars have that? Secret yes. Wars did a very good job because each each title was set in its own domain, mm -hmm. which is basically because it's a patchwork world. Yeah. All the all the I mean, this the shifts depending on who's writing the book. Sometimes it's you know there there are like eighty books involved in this, so. In, mostly the consensus was people didn't travel very often between domains. Sure. So people in the Age of Apocalypse domain weren't entirely aware of the fact that next door were a bunch of um, like horse people. Yeah. Gotcha. There were no horse people, but just go with it. Um, sure. You know, um, certain people were allowed to travel and they were aware of the patchwork nature of the world. Right. Yeah. But, um, okay. So, but, so that, that led to a lot of, you know, um, everything could be its own story. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, you had books that were either playing very heavily into what was going on in the main book. Mm -hmm. um, and those, those were good. But they also had books that could sort of really only in name mention, like occasionally they'd say, oh, yes, we have Thor's. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but otherwise, they were just telling their own story in their own little universe. Right. Yeah. And the one thing I will say about the mm -hmm. crossovers that tied in is that they tied in in such a way that they added extra information that wasn't necessary. So you didn't feel like you had to go and sure. read what was happening there, you know, in that little mini series too. Gotcha. Give more did, the story, did, but did, if you did, did you read Siege? I did. Oh man, it was so great. That bit where Thanos is talking to the wall and he's oh. like, "What time is it?" <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing, right? Mm. But you know, having read that, it also just added a nice extra layer and extra texture to the mm. main miniseries. Like right. Secret Wars is probably my favorite. Cool. So how Greg's already said that there are eighty additional titles around this entire thing. Sure. How many of them would you recommend? Well, Thorcore. Was how many issues? Yeah, four. four. So all of Thor's. these were just Thor's. Yeah, just Thor's. How many of these? So all of these additional stories were four issues long. Not all of them. Um, some are four. Some are five. Some yeah, are six. no, no, number okay. six. Number There's six. four, four or five. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of things that were one shots. There, okay. I think there was one that was three. Okay, I'm gonna ask then, Diz. I want three from you, Greg. I want three from you. Sure. What would be the best three stories outside of the actual Secret Wars series itself? Thor's. Yes. Planet Hulk. Yeah. Siege. Oh, well, I can't say any of those. <laughs> uh, if, actually, how many of them would you have said? Oh, all three. Yeah. Uh, so really, there's those, a those, those, those are great. Um, They're fantastic. There's a straight consensus. Um, Thor's. But, but I, can, I can give some other ones because there's a bunch of other really good ones. Yeah. Okay. Give me uh, three more then. I will give you Star Lord and Kitty Pryde, which was phenomenal. It was just uh -huh. fun. Right. Um, I will give you. Sorry, I'm trying to remember. There's a lot of these. <laughs> so, um, so much good, I don't remember. Like, there's, there's, I mean, there's a difference between good and things that play into stuff afterwards. So, like, the Old Man Logan miniseries is very okay. Okay. But it does set up a bunch of stuff that's going to happen because Old Man Logan is a surviving character who's now in the Marvel universe. Gotcha. Because um, Wolverine's dead, right? Wolverine's dead. There are there are two Wolverines though. There's there's uh, the X only Wolverine who's yeah. well, no, she's only Wolverine. Uh, and there's there's Old Man Logan. 
okay. but they serve very different purposes. So, gotcha. you know. All right. Um, I'm trying to think what other good, really good miniseries were there. There are a bunch. Um, Dizzy's bursting to give you one. Oh, you want to give me another one? Captain Carol, I mean, Captain Marvel and the Cow Hey, I didn't hate it. I liked it. It was, it was, it was very serviceable, but... Um, it was so much fun. It was fun. It was nice. It was, mm. it was okay. Um, I'm but you're rejecting that pick. I, it wouldn't have gone on my favorites. It's not that I didn't enjoy it the whole time, sure. but it wasn't, it wasn't one of my... You know what? It was really great. Uh... 1602 Witch Hunter Angela. Really? So good. Um, it opens with a uh, joke that is both a Marvel Universe joke and a uh, British succession joke, which if you, if, you know, if, you, if you know this line of succession for British kings is hilarious. <laughs> um, so a deep in-joke there. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I have no idea how it happened. So somebody watched a documentary on Discovery Channel and thought, oh, that'll work. Well, I think the writer in question happened to be English, but... Uh, <laughs> that also helps. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was really well, well drawn, um, mm-hmm. but the, the setup was just... Uh, it was just fun. It was this, the 1602 sure. Angela hunting... Um, what, uh, the 1602 universe had previously had witch breeds, which were their version of mutants. Yes. Uh, and, but Angela was sent to hunt uh, Faustians, who are people who made packs with the devil for... For superpowers, right? Uh, oh, that sounds very cool. And but it had it had little insert stories in every issue. Uh-huh. The way the Angela series has worked, all versions of it, yeah, um, is there's the main story, and then there's a someone tells a story within the story, and okay. that's usually by a different artist. Gotcha. And this was just a lot of fun. Cool. to have jokes like that. Um, what else was really good? Uh, no, 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 that's that's your three. Uh, is it okay? Yeah, let's go with that. That's your three. Sorry. We have time limits. And to be fair, I think he Listen. can get one more if you want. No, no, it's okay. There's so I, well, many good ones. Well, what I'm about oh. to do is say, thank you very much, Dizzy. Mm-hmm. Greg, yes. <laughs> what is your favorite? Hold on, you should, you should read the Infinity Gauntlet story from Secret Wars. It's great. It has nothing, <laughs> nothing to do with the original Infinity Gauntlet. Oh, okay. But cool. it is just a really great sci-fi story yeah. that, that has moral characters, but it's very... Mm-hmm. Loose with the way they work. Okay, it's it's really good. Cool. It's uh, it's I, yeah. Right. Um, so we have a Secret Wars <laughs> as a good. Yeah, it, it is very good. What is your? Give me a good limited series or crossover. Well, here's my question: Is you want my favorite, or you think the, the, my, the or the one I think is the best? Where would you like to start? Okay, well, let's start with the best. Mm-hmm. Now, personally, for me. And I want to be clear: this is not my favorite crossover, but it's the one I, that I think works the best, and yes. that's Age of Apocalypse. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I was reading that yesterday. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. but the thing about Age of Apocalypse that I like and that really works is there are six books tying into it, mm-hmm. and each of them has a purpose. Each of them, like, there's, there's, a, there's an Alpha and Omega to the series, and, and sort of almost every book spins off from that Alpha right. and comes back together in the Omega. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, X, the X-Men characters split up with different missions. Right. And so, you know, each book has a purpose, which... Uh, you know, like I've had some, I've read some very fun crossover tie-ins that do not really serve the the greatest story. Yeah. But in terms of like what crossovers should do, that would just make me want to read everything that's involved. Mm-hmm. That's probably the best one. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the the reason it was great is because the all of the crossovers actually served a purpose. All of the yeah. extra books served a purpose yeah, in it, the overall narrative. It, it, you could read every tie-in to that that series, mm-hmm. and it would all build to a point and, mm-hmm. and give you a narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, now, look, they've they've done a lot of tie-ins and, and, and backstory stuff subsequent, which is not the same. But yeah. the original uh, four months of uh, of the comic books, uh-huh. it's a re- it's a really this different. Was a, it was, I was collecting X Men at the time. It was a bit of a shock to go. Oh, um, what's just happened here? Everything. No, they've changed it. Why? Okay. Hey, this is all very cool. I, I had been buying X-Men yeah. for less than a year when, when oh, that happened. Oh, wow. Uh, and it was like, 
You know, I, I I was I was cognizant that they probably wouldn't keep it mm-hmm. the Age of Apocalypse universe going because obviously all the other Marvel books weren't tying into that. Yeah. But uh, you know, I was like, I don't know. No. I'm I'm ten. What do I know? <laughs> <laughs> to give uh, to give listeners the backstory, uh, Professor X has a child who could potentially be the most powerful mutant ever. Oh, he's he's unquestionably the most powerful. Mutant. Each one, yeah, is each he? one of his personalities. Uh, it depends if you do qualify Franklin as a mutant. Yeah, it, you could. Okay. That's why I say potentially because once you get to a pantheon level of oh well, Phoenix just rewrote reality type thing. Mm. Wasn't yeah. that Scarlet Witch? No, Scarlet Witch rewrote like House of M. Oh, yeah, normal no, mutants. No, yeah. But uh, with the uh, the Emperor Crystal. Yeah. Phoenix rewrote reality. Yeah, that's fair. Franklin yeah. is uh, those three characters. Franklin has also rewritten their reality. And then he's so. got. Uh, who I think is an incredibly underutilized he's not even a villain anymore he's a character Molecule Man uh, well he's in Secret Wars so you should he read is. that oh, hey, he's, cool. he's essential <laughs> to Secret Wars he's crazy, yeah. so uh, Professor X has a kid um, and each one of his personalities has a different power because he has, um, well, he officially is diagnosed with schizophrenia, but as we it's now know, and we didn't in the 80s, multiple, that's not what schizophrenia is like. Yeah, it's multiple personality disorder. Yeah. And Which if, is now called dissociative disorder. And if they should ever align and get their act into gear, he just has a vast range of powers, one of which is time travel. He decides to go back in time and kill Magneto for his dad. And Charles, pre-Gabriel's birth, gets in front of the shot that's going to kill Magneto and takes the takes the, effectively the psychic shot himself, mm. killing Charles, which creates a paradox because his son, who hasn't been born yet, has just killed him prior to him being but splinters off and becomes the Age of Apocalypse. Apocalypse can rise up pretty much effectively unopposed. There's nobody... There's, there, it's not fully unopposed, but there's no joint... I think it, it's just that... Sorry, uh, the actual explanation is Apocalypse rises earlier than he does mm-hmm. from his, his uh, cryosleep sure. because of the mutant activity that's happening because of the Legion. Mm-hmm. So Apocalypse rises earlier and Magneto does have a team of X-Men, but they're not ready in the way that Charles' team of X-Men are. Right. So Apocalypse takes over the world. Uh, the world. Which is written. X-Men's original Apocalypse is like they tried out a lot of the stuff that was constantly in forums. What would have happened if this character ended up with this character? What if yeah. this guy was good and this one was bad? Yeah, I mean, I mean it, was, it, was a, it was a blank check to do whatever you wanted. Yeah. It's just a lot of fun. Um, you know, it, it's, it's really interesting to me that, because that, obviously, um, technically, the stories up to that point, Charles Xavier and Apocalypse had never met. Mm-hmm. So the idea that Xavier are not existing means Apocalypse gets to rule is a bit odd. But yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's a fun story. Um, Usually not for the reasons I hear people telling me, which is is that oh man, Cyclops has got one eye and Wolverine's got one hand. Uh, <laughs> people not, die, man. People die. That's I not think, what makes it. Cool. Uh, but it but it is it is uh, it, it's a very well structured crossover mm-hmm. um, with a lot of really interesting stuff um, and a lot of stuff that's actually super deep cut X Men. But like you don't need to know like you don't you don't need to know who every random background character mm-hmm. is. But if you do, there's a lot of like oh man. This dude's a cyborg in this universe. Mm-hmm. That's so crazy. Um, now that I think about it, I think the first X-Men comic book I'd read was an Age of Apocalypse comic That's, book. I, people keep telling me about how, like, oh, if we want to get people started on X-Men, give them Age of Apocalypse. No. So I'm like, are you crazy? No. Absolutely not. Like, that sounds like a terrible idea. No, no, no. Did you enjoy I mean, that? Like, he has nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, it was really 
interesting and it was crazy because I'd watched the TV show as a child. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there was all that love triangle stuff with the uh, uh, Cyclops and Wolverine I'm and Jean Grey. with the animated series. I really so then, oh, like, man, you that's... read the comic book for the first time and Jean Grey's it's Wolverine and I was just like, yes, this is awesome. She <laughs> <laughs> does literally lead him two issues later for Cyclops. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't know that at the time and I just read that issue. It was great. Ah. Um, okay, so we have... We have two Marvel, yeah, hmm, two Marvel titles that are effectively great crossover. Well, Greg, I'm going to throw it back to you. So, mm-hmm. so that was one that works. Yeah. What's your favorite? That's a dicey one, man. Uh, hey, you've had like a month to pray. I, I, have, I went through the list of every crossover Marvel and DC you had this morning. Sort your shit. What is um, it? I don't. Um, I guess it's less of a crossover and more of an event because okay. no, this, is, this is because less, very few things actually tied into it. As yeah. the ultimate and, arbiter, I will amend the rules to allow. And, and because a company who published it pretty much disowned it immediately after it finished publication. <laughs> I'm exactly what you're talking about. This is Final, Final Crisis. Crisis. Oh, what? Uh, which is fantastic. It's so I good. It's a really bad rap for being un- un- understandable or dis- Un-understandable. Yeah, sorry, yeah. my English is not good. Dis-understandable? Uh, it's understandable Hard to understand, yeah. <laughs> um, but I but I have I have tried it out and I've I've given it to people who do not read comics on the regular and do not know a lot of DC history and they have read it and have no problems with it. Right. Give me then the background that would warrant. Give me the background leading up to Final Crisis. Uh, well, there's, there's there's actually not a lot of build. Up. This okay. is I mean, despite there being a series called Countdown to Final Crisis, yeah. it had nothing about. to do with it. Took that took ages. Yeah. Uh, basically, Final Crisis was it's a, it's a book written by Grant Morrison. Yes, and in a way that generally happens with Morrison. And DC Comics is that DC Comics are very happy for Morrison to write books for them, mm-hmm. but obviously the memo to everyone else is: Look, Grant's doing his own thing. Please don't worry what it is. We will just ignore it. <laughs> Seriously, uh, because that's pretty much what they do every time. And it's so, really upsetting because Final Crisis set up some very interesting uh, post story. Um, I don't know how to say it. Like spinoffs. Yes, spinoffs and plot strands. But give me, give me the the the, the, the one line description is: It's the day evil one. Uh, yeah. Um, basically, um, which evil? Like parking ticket officers evil? Uh, Darkseid, the Dark god side. of all evil. Darkseid wins. Oh, uh, so yeah, uh, you know that dude with that hectic chin that says, "I have no idea how to shave." The well, his face is. Yeah, you think it's Thanos? Thanos. Yeah. Oh, okay, Dark, so. Who is a, who is a bad Darkseid ripoff? I will give you. Yeah. Darkseid is made made of rock. So he is hard to shave. Okay. Well, I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I'm not scared of yeah. Thanos. And his tiny mini skirt. Yeah. Darkseid weirdly enough terrifies me. Thanos doesn't. Well, it's because Darkseid is scary and Thanos is kind of... Uh, Crazy. Yeah, a little camp. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. It's the, the original stories with Thanos worked a lot better. Once you start revealing that he's actually got like a soft side and stuff like that, it tends to... It wasn't that he had a soft side. I think it's just that in the stories that I've read of him, like read with Thanos involved, is yeah. that he's just... He's not as a character, as terrifying. Like, he goes around and he kills a lot of people and he destroys planets and that's all awesome. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't command the same kind of fear mm-hmm. that I think Darkseid does. But that's because Darkseid is the god of evil. He is, yeah, Darkseid is literally is the god, god of evil. then it's god. Yeah. Yeah. is evil because the word side so just felt very it's, wrong. It's that it's, like, uh, yeah, no, 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 when, when Darkseid does make an effort to come down and, mm-hmm. you know, take over Earth or take over a planet, the times that I've read of Darkseid, and he comes and he fucks shit up. Thanos is like not, he. Thanos is, wouldn't view himself as evil either. No, he's just mad. No, he's just mad, right? He's, but Darkseid, uh, well, like, he just he That's crushes cool, everyone, man. and it's amazing. To to, to 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 I think I think Darkseid put it best when he said, uh, "I am the Tiger Force at the heart of all things." When you cry out in your dreams, it is Darkseid that you see. Yeah, and it's true. <laughs> 
So what is Final Crisis? Uh, Final Crisis is, um, it basically starts with a murder of the god, the, mm-hmm. the, uh, the new god Orion. Mm-hmm. Dark Side Well, yes, is found dead on Earth. Um, the, uh, the Green Lanterns show up and quarantine the planet. So they can, they, you know, they can investigate the murder. Um, and that's when everything goes to shit. <laughs> basically, Darkseid is reincarnated and is structured... If I remember right, he finds the anti-life equation. Yes. But it's, it's off-panel. So basically, between issue three and issue four, Earth goes from being in some trouble to being completely fucked, and all, all entities are Darkseid. Yeah. Uh, there's a great sequence where the entire planet is chanting the words of Darkseid. Wow. Um, Superman, Superman is not there. He's off in another adventure. That's, that's part of the story, but it's not in the main series. I mean, right, he, he yeah. comes back. It's, he goes off and has a whole crazy adventure with other Supermen Batman from different realms. gets huh. taken out, I think, in issue two? Batman, Batman is kidnapped by the, 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 uh, the new gods to build a, a race of Batman-like super soldiers. Um, but it turns out that bat, that no one can handle being Batman but Batman. <laughs> I was about to say, how, how depressed are these robots? Oh, this is ba- Batman, Batman defeats them you by having a super depressing childhood. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> like, through the power of his yeah. memories, he, he beats them. And like one of the panels shows these rows of like, you know, like clone men in test tubes, mm-hmm. like trying desperately to claw out and committing suicide, trying to kill themselves. They, 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 because they, the weight of Batman's mm-hmm. memories is too much for them. Batman turns his own memories into a weapon. He's amazing. Uh, it's pretty great. Uh, Batman, <laughs> it's, it's a story famous for having Batman die. So Bat- Batman, yeah. Batman is essentially emo weaponized. Not emo weaponized, because mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot more complex than emo. I think what it is, is that ability to take a deep and painful and really dark sadness and turn it into something good. But to do that, you need the, the will and the strength of character to be able to control that so that you don't become mm-hmm. emo. And, you know, the, the idea that we get out of this is that no one else can do that but Batman. Because what happened to him when he was a child was so shattering that no one else could handle that. Which is I'm, obviously not true. I'm having difficulty with this. Oh, it's great. The reason I'm having difficulty with this is... Yeah. Oh, no, no, just the concept of, of that Batman and his trauma is so deep and it's so bad. It's, Peter Parker lost his parents. Sure, but it's, it's, it's not that... He didn't, he didn't watch them get mowed down in front of him. Yeah, he didn't. very true, but... Uh, well, actually, yeah, but, Frank but like also his family, I guess. Beyond that, yeah. I think what it also is, is it's a testament to how he chose to deal with it. Because I think that, particularly in the case of Bruce Wayne, when you see him in his childhood, mm-hmm. he's incredibly dependent on the love that he gets from his parents. We don't really see him with other children or other family members. Would, and it's like this, sort of his own little bubble world. Would you say then that in effect, Bruce has totemized the death of his parents to help inspire him and become something great? Because the, the death of a family, even if it's something that you've watched, is shattering. I mean, sure. but to have an entire race of, an entire But it's also not just that, right? It's that, that he watched his parents die he, he didn't watch, but he's responsible for Jason Todd's death, and there are these, all these other things along the line that add on to that. I don't think Batman's experienced that much grief. Oh, no. yeah. Uh, it's kind of his thing. But um, no, look, <laughs> here's, here's, here's the thing. It's, this is all happening in the middle of Morrison's run on Batman, which right. a lot of the... Firstly, his big, his big thing for Batman is that everything happened. Every yeah. Batman story that was considered canon at one point is all canon currently. Yeah. All the crazy sci-fi stories, all the crazy... Everything is canon. Everything. Um, which is great. Okay. Um, but basically, uh, in interviews, he talked about it a lot. Batman's not crazy. Mm. Batman does one crazy thing that keeps him sane. Yeah. 
and, and he's it's, incredibly good at it. So, so it's it's mostly looking at the way that, that it's not it's not that it's Batman has seen and done see beings experience things mm-hmm. that would drive other people insane insane right. or to, they would make them stupid. to do something then about those experiences to help him cope yeah no so it's the totemizing of these things oh definitely sure yeah, definitely. yeah, yeah, yeah. you know um, um, but you know I mean this is one of the many great things about Final Crisis basically it, it's um, it's a very end of the world kind of thing mm-hmm. like the, the world it, it very quickly goes from everything is fucked Mm-hmm. Um, Darkseid is turning everyone into Justifiers, which are a great old Kirby concept from, from New Gods, which is um, uh, basically that uh, if you allow people to, they'll justify anything. Yeah. Right. So that they're their army of people who are liberated from conscience, uh, having consciousness. So essentially Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, um, but yeah, so that's, um, uh, it's, it's really great. Uh, it's, it's hard to describe it without kind of spoiling the big finale. Yeah, sure. Um, but uh, no. Darkseid turns out to not be the major threat. So it does tie into the original crisis. Right. Just if it's on Radiant, I'm going to be annoyed. It's no, no, it's Mandrak, the Dark Monitor. <laughs> yeah, and the, the way they do that is pretty fantastic. No, no, Mandrak, the Dark Monitor. Um, yeah, he's definitely it's not... It's very the, specific. And it's, okay. and it's definitely not... He's, he's not from Anti-Universe. He's the original Monitor who is now some sort of vampire that drains story of all joy and meaning. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, it's more just doing... You know, nice. why, why are superhero comics great? And this is why it is, because they're full of joy and, and, gotcha. and meaning. Yeah. Um, it's, it's great. Um, I think one of my favorite descriptions of like how everything on Earth gets horrendously fucked is that there, like, there's a section where a couple of superheroes are talking and they say that days smashed into hours. And it's just oh. that, that concept of like time literally crashing in yeah, I mean, onto itself and how everything is so horrendously fucked that there's just nothing they could do. You said that <laughs> there's a history of just ignoring whatever Grant does. Yeah. It's after. true. It's really crappy. How, how is this managed in Final Crisis? Oh, um, well, because because all the major events happen in it. Yes. No one ever talks about it again. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Um, that's that's the it's just just doesn't doesn't register. Like I said, there's there's a 52 issue series ostensibly leading into this book. Yes. That has almost nothing to do with the book. Yeah. Uh, uh, but it's, but yeah, I it's, think the only thing that came out of that that stuck was that um, Batman had died. Okay. Out of Final Crisis? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. this is, but, that was it. but even then, that was. Picked up in his comics. Well, that was, that was picked up in Grant Morrison's Batman comics. Yeah. Okay. Um, and DC were kind of like, but don't you just want to pretend it happened in, D- in Batman RIP? Don't you want to pretend that's where he died? Mm. By the way, like, Batman doesn't die in Batman RIP, he dies in Final Crisis, which is right after RIP. It's really that's annoying right. that they named it RIP. Because it's actually a fantastic story. No, that's more about his lo- like his final case as Batman almost. Well, it's, mm. it's about people trying to kill Batman. So yeah. R.I.P. is still okay. Mm. It is a book that that opens with uh, it, it says Batman R.I.P. on the front, on the cover, and the first page is Batman and Robin in the rain screaming, "No, you're wrong. Batman and Robin will never die." <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's fantastic. Which turns out to be a flash forward to the last page of the book. Yeah. Diz. So yeah. we have we have two goods. Mm-hmm. You can continue on the run of good if you want to, or, and it doesn't have to be crossover. It can be limited series. Mm-hmm. Tell us about the evil ones. <laughs> okay, if I'm gonna tell you, let's talk about Millennium. Luckily, <laughs> <laughs> I never read Millennium. What I was actually thinking about was. Um, Freaking identity crisis. Seeing as we're Ooh, over identity crisis oh, is a bad. I do like the word crisis, don't they? <laughs> it is. It is DC's go-to um, because you know the first one sold up really well. Yeah, the crisis, crisis on the infinite earths. Yeah. Then it was identity crisis. Uh, no, like no, 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 years no. later. Yeah, oh, crisis. Crisis. It's, it's crisis on infinite earths, and then it's zero hour crisis in time. No, oh. I've never 
It is crisis be? It's the crisis you have on the menu before the crisis arrives. Then there was anti-pasta. It's yeah, it's the anti-pasta of DC. Zero hour crisis. The crisis in time. Thank you. And then we had identity crisis, which is. Is there fashion crisis? No, but there is infinite crisis and then final crisis. And then there was infinite, infinity crisis. Infinite. Yeah, infinite crisis and then final crisis. So let's talk about identity crisis. Yes. Give us the setup. It's, remember all those fun Silver Age comics where everything was just nice and good? Yeah. They those were all terrible. They were actually all terrible. Secretly terrible, terrible things were happening. Um, so essentially <laughs> what happens is that... How much of history gets retconned in this? Um, everything. It's like DC's everything. favorite pastime. It's their favorite thing to do. Is to just like every couple of years be like, Oh yeah, all that stuff that happened actually didn't happen. Forget oh, about it. I'm so, so, so sorry that you care about that. We're just going to start again. The problem with Antichrist is not that they reboot. No. It's that they say that... All those happy stories where all the heroes were just happy and having a good Weren't time were secretly fraught with terrible, terrible dark secrets where they're all morally compromised all the time. Yes. Right. So it starts so off with the murder the of, of the Ray Palmer's wife. Uh, Ray Palmer? No, no, no. No, 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 no not Ray Palmer. Sorry. Um, elongated man's wife. Yes. And so the superheroes come together to try and figure out who did this. And, okay, to be fair, I haven't read this comic in like oh, a decade. Oh, I can, I can tell you all about it if you want. Um, but what I do know is that eventually it comes out that... The Silver Age Justice League, who was at the time the Justice League International? Uh, no, in it's the way before satellite. It's the satellite. It, yeah, it's the satellite years. That uh, they basically, they all decide to go after Dr. Light. And, and everyone who was not part of the team at the time can't work out why. And it transpires that back in the happy-go-lucky satellite era, you know, when everyone was everyone's best friend, um, Dr. Light got on the satellite and uh, raped Elongated Man's wife. Yeah. Uh, and then the Justice League decided to wipe his mind, which also mentally handicapped him. Um, that's why he's been a joke ever since. Um, and they didn't just stop there. They mind-wiped the crap out of a bunch of villains. Oh, um, and then Batman... Oh, yeah, Batman out. shows... No, Batman shows up as they finish Wild so they mind wipe Batman! Yeah. Um, oh, man. Oh, man. And then... Because and we really don't want you to read Identity Crisis. I want to please, tell you Please how. don't. You'll be happier. You'll be so much happy if you don't. Um, it turns out that uh-huh. that Ray Palmer's wife, who Ray Palmer's ex-wife, yeah, her, his ex-wife, who left him, she she left him, decided to try and injure Ray being the, the, the original Adam. You, you may see him in DC's Legends of Tomorrow on yes. television right now. Yeah, yes. um, she decides that she wants to get back with Ray, and uh-huh. she feels that the best way to do that is to injure Sue Dibney. Um, so that you know, oh, someone, so that the heroes think that, oh shit, someone knows our secret identities and they're going after our significant others, so we need to protect them. And she doesn't know what she's doing because she uses his militarization technology and she accidentally kills Sue. Uh-huh. And then sets her on fire. And then sets her on fire. To cover her. Basically, in the effort to get Ray to come running back to her, she, she uh, stages a series of attacks on, on, uh, on superheroes' loved ones, which ends in the Death of uh, Sue Dibney and uh, Robin's father. Yeah. Uh, and Captain Tim Drake. Uh, Tim Drake. Okay. It was Robin at the time. Yes. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it was... I, it's, I, I have always... I've mentioned before that I've always been a fan of the moral quandary. The moral quandary is great. I like the tension that it builds. I like the juxtaposition of ideas. Uh, I mean, we were talking just before we started recording about the juxtaposition of civil war. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As in the, the two particular positions. I will get to civil war. 
<laughs> we'll get there. Right, thank you. Not need another podcast, Taylor. <laughs> well, we do, we are going to do one for the the Captain America movie, so maybe we can talk about no, that. No, but it's still worth it. Okay. So the the Marvel. Okay, tell me why it's bad. Before, I, before I get onto the arguments, tell me why it's bad. It's not that anyone's saying that Marvel or superheroes mm-hmm. are bad or that it's not interesting. Yeah. It's specifically the way it's handled, which yeah. is the most tone-deaf manner imaginable. What do you mean? Uh, it's hard to describe without well, just... You're talking about concepts like, mm-hmm. like rape. Yeah. Are you saying that they're just handled flippantly? It's, it's, it's flippantly as a as a plot point. Not yes. there's no there's no real look at the ramifications of it. So and it's essentially the way Game of Thrones HBO version handled it. Uh, Imagine it being more salacious. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. Yes. yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I, I, let me tell you, uh, Doctor Light's rape face is something that's burned onto my on my brain. <laughs> oh, my um, but like, wow. it's, it's 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 a serious issue that's not handled with anal subtlety because that's not the important part of the story. The important part of the story is that the Justice League mind wiped the dude. Yeah. Um, it, it's here's the thing, right? If you were to do a story where this is happening now, yeah. I'm fine with that. I don't necessarily agree with it, the story, but like that's you're doing you're doing something else. You are specifically saying that the versions of the characters as they were then did not exist. Mm-hmm. So like here, here's my, my problem is this, right? It's it's not that the story happened; it's that the story is done in such a way that it colors everything that comes before. Right. Yeah. So you can't just if you don't like it, you can't just ignore it. It's it's it's, it's, it's affecting stuff going forward and stuff going back. Has has also, this been retconned? Um, only because they yeah. completely dissolved the universe. Identity Crisis is the starting point of having to actually reboot the entire DC universe, right. yeah. as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me the other problem I had is that like, reading a lot of the female characters was incredibly uncomfortable, particularly Ray Palmer's ex-wife. Like, I think Too that boring. for me it, it, was, it was that reinforcement of like, women are crazy, women will do anything for a man, even if it means like harming others I mean, and it's, killing it's, it's, it's not, it's not a very good father. plan to begin with honestly it's not like, um, it's like, like hunting devotion yeah, really yeah but, but, but it's uh, also Brad Meltzer that's a okay. uh, novelist Brad Meltzer he has oh, written yeah, books it was him yeah he went on to write a run on Justice League which is also not very good um, um, also like it just I am I am someone who loves the Tara she, mm-hmm. she is actually a really great character particularly when she's well written so mm-hmm. she can either be light and fun and interesting that way or she can have some like serious issues because of the magic and living in a father's shadow and like when it's done well it's great Zatara 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 yeah sorry Zatara Zatara she's yeah. Zatara Zatara it must be fun when the delivery guy shows up um and it felt as though it's not that they they wrote her in such a way that by the end of it she's incredibly unlikable even mm-hmm. if you think that what she did was right in terms of protecting people. Right. Because you don't want a violent criminal knowing your identity and by extension the identity of the people you love. Right. I, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's even less the mind wipe stuff. It's the, the, the rape scene is only there to yeah. set up a, the mind it's wipe. It's a plot device. Yeah, yeah and it's, it's it handled... It could have been done in other ways. And like it's, it's, it's exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the mind wipe, it's, like, it's, it's problematic. It, 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 does, it, it establishes... So you, you, you read Justice League comics in the, the 80s, right? That you were, no, 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 I avoided DC like the... Oh, okay. well, no. like, so historically, uh, Hawkman and Green Arrow have never gotten on, right? And the, okay. the, the setup is that it's because uh, Hawkman is a conservative and, and uh, uh, Green Arrow is a uh, hippie freak. Yeah. Um, okay. But no, no, it turns out they've always been fighting about this mind wipe thing. 
Oh. Basically, there's a lot of really unnecessary retcons that, yeah. mm-hmm. like, I'm not, I'm not anti-retcons. I know a lot of people who are, and I don't mm. really understand it, but right. it's, it's just not very well thought out yeah. and not written very well. And okay. it really, it, it doesn't actually add anything particularly useful or interesting mm. to the characters, right? right? Particularly when we want to talk about sort of this moral gray area and putting superheroes into difficult situations where, mm-hmm. you know, their only choices are bad choices where they can't necessarily win. Yeah. I think that those kind of comic books can be fantastic if done well. And a great example of that is New Avengers by Jonathan Hickman. Okay. It is a series that takes some of our favorite superheroes. Um, it takes Namor, Black mm-hmm. Panther, Reed Richards, Cap, Iron Man, Doctor Strange, Beast, and Black Bolt. Well, there's some of my favorite characters. I think yeah. a lot of people would disagree. <laughs> some people would disagree. They take like a group of interesting, and for some of them, like you know, very mild characters, and yes. puts them in this horrible quandary of, you know, to, the universes are dying early. Whenever two Earths from different universes yeah. smash, they destroy both universes. Yes, but so how do we handle it? We can save both universes and an Earth if you destroy an Earth, and that comic book chronicles how they deal with this because it's like the incursions only last eight hours so it's not like you can just go to the other earth say hey this is what's happening and you know ship everyone off if you get into that other universe and blow up the earth inside of eight hours then your earth is saved and that universe is saved but it turns you from being a superhero into a not a mass a genocider I don't even know if that's a word genocider is not a word it's not a word but you know what I mean you blew up a planet essentially yeah Um, you know and that was interesting because it still managed to stay true to all the characters it managed to be interesting wow. and it managed to watch us watch characters that we knew and love mm-hmm. slowly change and you can't really judge them for that because like, what I'd do you need to do? I'd, I'd like to see how the Namor character developed under that because... Oh, it's great. It's Namor's so the best. He's always a... Listen, I will, I will fuck your shit up, surface world, if it defends my yeah, yeah. and he's still so like can, that. Yeah. But what's interesting about this is that this all happens after Avengers versus X Men, which we totally should chat about because it's great. We should talk about that. Um, and this is after Namor essentially destroyed a huge chunk of Wakanda. Oh, he he, he destroyed a large chunk. It yeah. The whole country. Yeah. Uh, and hey, he's. We, we, I think let's let's come back to that just because we're gonna have to explain the Phoenix Five, and I think yeah. I think we should do that. Well, <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. So we just talk about Avengers because we were talking about identity crisis. Yeah. Uh, so that so the moral so the moral quandary. Using is it New Avengers? New yeah, Avengers, yeah. New, New Avengers, Avengers as a way of how this story narrative can be done correctly. Yeah, but Identity Crisis just a it tainted everything historically in with one brushstroke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wasn't that great for women? And it dealt. <laughs> it wasn't great for women, and it dealt with topics like rape, rape, rape yeah. flippantly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, look, my, my 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 I think more than anything, it's the same problem we were talking before we started recording about Civil War. Mm-hmm. And it's, I have the same problem, which is characters act out of character mm. in service of the plot with no justification. Right. Yeah. Um, if you wrote me scenes to explain why these characters are choosing to do this, mm-hmm. I would probably be a lot less harsh on the series and a lot harsh on... I mean, there'd be other problems with Identity Crisis, but certainly right. Civil War's biggest fault is that yeah. there's very little justification for anyone's choices within the series. Gotcha. Okay. We'll get to Civil War. We will. <laughs> well, um, I'm keeping count. There's actually been too good for you because mm-hmm. you, you did your favorite mm-hmm. and a great example. Mm-hmm. 
You've done one bad and one good. Yeah. Do you want to confer now and discuss I something think... in particular? Or uh, actually, I'm going to throw one in. I'm going to throw two in. Because I'm allowed to. Do a bathroom break briefly. I do. I'm sure. sure. Sorry, let's let's do that. <laughs> bathroom break. The next summer crossover. <laughs> Uh, Personally, it's my favorite. Does Batman <laughs> scrunch or fold? Toilet <laughs> crisis. Does he fold? He folds. I, Anyone who's that meticulous, he folds. Yeah, I think this is just going to be classified as filler. Uh, oh, yes. I, yeah, listen. Do we, do we have to talk about scrunching and folding? No, it's good, thanks. Moving on. We don't have to. So, right. I would love to see a comic well, book which is just about Alfred. I. I I'm going to... Actually, that would be very Alfred good. Pennyworth, like before mm-hmm. he became... Like, he was always the Wayne's butler, but mm-hmm. surely he's picked some shit up. Yeah, so Alfred Alfred served in one of the big wars before he became... Probably the Second World War. Probably the Second World War. It have um, to be two. Yeah. yeah. And he he has... He's like a he's like a trained combat medic. Mm-hmm. So, so like okay, a, so he's an ops medic. Okay. Alfred Pennyworth is the business, y'all. Right. Don't let anybody tell you differently. And ignore the Michael Caine version who left oh. Batman in the third movie because Alfred would never do that. Oh, my name's Michael Caine. I know I'm a nosy neighbour. Also, <laughs> Alfred. No. Yeah. Um, also, ignore yeah. the Gotham version of Alfred Pennyworth because that version is just straight up crazy. Why? Like, what do they do to him? Out of the stars, mm. out of the half season, it's I see. It's a very. It's, it's, a, it's a. Oh man. So the, the, the Alfred in Gotham, who is played by a Pertwee, I believe he's the son of John Pertwee, who was the third doctor. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me for the cough. Um, he is very, it's very obvious that he's ex-military. Okay. And it's, he doesn't have the stereotypical polished English accent of those who would be in the servant type role. It's, right. So oh, he's ex-SAS. Hello. How are you? He's ex-SAS. Yeah. Yeah. And it's still very much, hello, Master Bruce. Hello. What's how are you? But that's, but that's Gotham, not what, like... That's not I think the what you've got there Alfred. is that that is my problem with uh, Michael Caine's Alfred as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. that I'm, yeah. I'm not entirely. I don't buy Cockney Butler. No, um, I, I like. I don't think Michael Caine's a bad actor. I don't think whatever his name is in, in Gotham. I look. I watched one episode of Gotham. Sure, I think it is. Yeah. So, I made it half a season. It might be just the victim just of the way up. that the way that you make films. You you cast who is the English actor that American audiences will identify almost immediately with who is old. But there are yeah, so many actors. But that's not Michael Caine's accent. No. That's an accent he is doing. That's what, yeah. yeah, that's what, that's the same as, mm-hmm. as a voice coach, uh, uh, McGovern told me about that when she coaches people mm-hmm. on a British accent, the first thing she tells them is, is you're not allowed to sound like Dick Van Dyke did in Mary Poppins. No that is not a that. fucking Cockney mm-hmm. accent. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to throw in, I made a comment when we were talking about DC Comics and I'm, I avoided DC Comics like the plague. The reason was uh-huh. I was a massive X-Men Marvel oh, fanboy. Sure. sure. So the, the few times that I ever touched uh, DC was... Now this is kind of... A, these stories are a little basic. and uh, There is a particular story that I absolutely loved... Once I got over my fanboys and I started uh, fanboyism, and I started asking my friends, "Give me good DC stories to read," and I got given the trade paperback of the Long Halloween. Oh yeah, which is a Batman story. It's Two Face, and it is gorgeous. The storytelling, 
the building of the tension all the way through, it just mm. worked. As a self-contained story, mm. you can read, you can pick up that trade, you can read it, you don't, it doesn't need too much background of anything. It is a completely self-contained self story that builds drama, it builds tension. The Long Halloween. Yeah. Um, I Jeff Loeb wrote good books. Yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. The, I'm, people are going to get annoyed that I keep mentioning this, but it's The Mutant Massacre was the first, <laughs> it was the first main one that just made me go, holy crap, this is, wow, you can do that? You mm. can kill heroes? You can do these things? Not, and it's not a case of, we have a new title, so sometime within the next 10 issues, we have to kill one of the members to... Yeah, like Alpha they Flight. That, that, that thing where they're constantly Alpha wrapping Flight. up the The, the new X-Men. Yeah. The new X-Men. What? Thunderbird lasted three issues? Uh, <laughs> two. two. He lasted two issues. I mean, yeah. He, 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 three, three if you want to count Giant yeah, Size. Count, <laughs> count Giant Size. But uh, he is dead. He is dead and on his, on 19 his pages mission. into his, his third appearance. Yeah. On his, on his first mission. Now I have to do something to prove myself. So he goes and... Game over, over, man. It's game over. In, in his defense, he died so that a better character could be, cre could be created out of that. Uh, yeah, I wonder if he would see it that way. <laughs> well, he's fictional, so I don't think he has a choice. <laughs> no one's fictional, man. Yeah. So the, 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 I mean, the Mutant Massacre having so many tie-ins, it kicked off so much stuff. It kicked off Archangel, effectively. Oh, sure. But I mean, yeah, the, the great thing about the Mutant Massacre, um, I mean, there's a, there's a, the Mutant Massacre is famous for having a diagram in the adverts yes. that was supposed to tell you and how to read them, page. which is completely yeah. unfollowable. It, it's just... It was like a map of the sewer system. It's, 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 <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it was designed like a map of the system because it's, yeah. it's all in the sewers, but it's, yeah. it's also like there are arrows pointing every direction and they don't yeah. seem to connect so to anything. from this book, you should mm. then read this, which then reads into that, which follows this, and you can bypass these ones completely because this will get you the core story. But I mean, this is the thing, yeah. is, it's famous for that, but actually the thing that made the Mutant Massacre work mm. is you could read whichever book you were reading. Yeah. You, you would, there would be clearly things that were, that were happening that, like there would be questions, you know, like the, uh, there would be just the sudden, sudden firestorm in the, in the sewers in X-Men, and there'd be no explanation for what it was. Yeah. But if you decided to go read uh, X-Factu or Thor, you would yeah. find out that it is Thor <laughs> clearing away the bodies in the... Yeah, well, there's, a, there's an actual scene in the X-Men comic, because X-Men and X-Factor were separate at this time. Uh, I, be I believe the two characters involved were Rogue and Wolverine, mm -hmm. and Wolverine went down, and he dropped Rogue, he pushed it down, and all of a sudden... Cyclops's beam has just gone straight overhead. It came from down the tunnel. Mm. And that was something that was happening down there. And a, what, oh, I've just felt the pressure wave coming. Um, so Cyclops is obviously there. And there's the point. If you want to, go and find out what Cyclops is shooting. Or go over to X-Men 11, uh, X-Factor 11, and you can check it out there. So yeah, you did, it didn't have to interrupt the narrative to now find out exactly what happened. No, sure. I mean, this is for me, for me like one of the best things is with crossovers is where there's a, if, if there is a main narrative, mm -hmm. That, that's something you can follow independent of everything, but mm -hmm. you can drop in whatever books you want to read as yeah. well. But if if it is not a main narrative, there's back and forth, yes. then there's a clear back and forth. Mm -hmm. Or at least, uh, you know, something I'm, you can read by itself. I'm going to throw a quick one in. Sure. This is actually the reason why I said crossover or limited series. Oh, okay, cool. This particular series predated Watchmen by two years. Squadron Supreme. Oh, yeah? 
Squadron Supreme is a superlative example of the moral quandary. This is the Google series, yes. Before Injustice, before Watchmen tainted everything you know about superheroes. It's, again, we, we like Watchmen, we just we, don't like everything that Watchmen did to the industry. So Watchmen's kind of like that friend that is a life of the party, you just don't want them near your mom. <laughs> They're the life of the party, you but friends. you hate that the mess they've left in your home afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, mean, I don't drink, so I'm usually the one who witnesses all this. It, yeah. it's, it's, um, it's, uh, it's the friend who came over for a party, and it was a great party, and you still love that friend, but they set fire to something <laughs> in your trash can, and that room has just never smelled the same afterwards. <laughs> That's kind of the effect Watchmen yeah. had on Squadron the... Squadron Supreme was a 12-issue limited series set around the idea of what happens if superheroes decide to take charge to cure all of society's ills. Okay, the Overwatch concept. That's pretty interesting. Right. And, that, interesting. and that, that moral quandary predates Watchmen by two years. It's true. Oh, so it's, it's been done that's in quite a, quite a lot since then. I mean, Justice League has a decision. Uh, kind of. I mean, essentially, uh, for those of you playing at home who don't know what the Squadron <laughs> Supreme is, uh, okay, they are Marvel's, uh, I can't believe it's not the Justice League. Pretty much. Um, essentially, they, they, were, they, were created, they were created for a story in the 60s where writers in Marvel and DC who were actually all friends because they all, you know, they worked in the same town and they yeah. hung out all the time and some of them were writing for both companies, decide... They were going to have the Avengers and the Justice League fight each other, but not officially. They weren't. They were going to have a crossover, but the Justice League were going to fight evil versions of the Avengers, mm-hmm. and the Avengers were going to fight evil versions of the Justice League. Yes. Uh, now the, the Avengers part goes off without a hitch. The Avengers fight uh, Hyperion, uh, Night Owl, yeah, Night Owl, Doctor Spectrum, and yes. the Wizard. Yeah. Uh, who are, who are, I'm sorry. Somebody's called the Wizard. Oh, the Wizard existed prior to the Wizard. Is Wizard is a is a is a World War Two superhero? Yeah. yeah. He's he's uh, he's so the dude. This was before Wizard well, became of, a euphemism for having a curse. Okay. The, the New Avengers. Yeah. Issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, well, because New Avengers, not, not New, New Avengers doesn't have a uh, a squadron supreme. But they have something similar called the Great Society. Yeah, yeah. Um, and those are also versions. And the only the only one that's a one to one is they have um, they have a Doctor Doctor Spectrum. Mm-hmm. Is what the, I thought Night Owl was. No, no, because the, he's a, he's a knight. There's, there's a Squadron Supreme comic right now, which has different versions of the Squadron Supreme together. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, yeah. but uh, the the uh, the Justice League part didn't happen. Mm-hmm. The Justice League instead fought evil versions of themselves. The JS, uh, the JS. No, no, no. They, they literally was an evil. No, no, it was literally an evil Batman, an evil Superman, an evil Green Lantern, an evil Flash. Was that Superwoman? No, 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 no. That, that's later. That's later. In the story that was supposed to happen, and at one point, evil Batman throws a, a trash can at good Batman. And that's supposed to be the crossover. Basically, the, the DC editors nixed the idea. But right. this is gave birth to the... That, that was the, the Squadron Sinister. Uh, that's what it was. And, uh, and, and, but then they decided that, hey, these characters are cool, so we'll create good versions of these bad guys called the Squadron Supreme, who are from an alternate reality. Uh, so they're essentially a bunch of DC characters done by Marvel characters. In fact, Mark Grunewald yeah. is, a, is a famous... The reason he did Squadron Supreme is because famously he's a huge... Well, he was. He's dead now. His ashes are in the first printing of that trade paper. Correct. Um, he was cremated. After yeah. he died, he was cremated and they mixed his ashes into the ink that was used in the mm-hmm. first printing of the Squadron Supreme uh, graphic novel. Yeah. Awesome and creepy. Little bit. Combination. That's an enormous amount of mylar you would need just to keep the geeks alive off that. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so he, he was a really big JLA fan and uh, but he was he was a lifelong Marvel employee so yeah. you know this was his big chance to do a great JLA story yeah. which from everything I've heard it is. It, I've never read it personally. It's a go and get it. It's just 
Awesome. And I'll, I'll get it on the Comixology. Please do. Please do. And that's why I said limited series. I remember when I started reading these comics, the idea of a four, it, one issue, one of a four issue limited series. And you had the long shot limited series, you had Nightcrawler's limited series. Um, the X-Men Alpha Flight team up. Which, which leads into... Which uh, is a fantastic story. Well, it's okay. I, li- I like the X-Men Alpha Flight. The, uh, the thing that comes out of it is much better, which is Asgardian Wars, which are those oh, two yeah. annuals drawn by Art Adams. Oh, yeah. uh, the, the New Mutants annual? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, that's new, which, it's not an annual. It's a special edition because they, they'd already done an annual edition. For the non-geeks yeah. listening to this conversation, uh, the okay. translation is... So, yes, yes, more! Yes, so, yes! So the, what, happened, <laughs> what happened was there is a two-issue X-Men Alpha Flight adventure. Mm-hmm. That has Loki as the antagonist. Oh, fantastic! And Loki is doing something in particular to try and gain favor with they who sit in shadow. Yeah, the, the gods, gods. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it's. I mean, they even use a. Um, I think the Lathe of Heaven um, parable, which is Ursula Le Guin. I which, care from. Um, I can give you incredible superpowers. Mm. At the cost uh, of your humanity. Oh, there we go. At the cost of your imagination. Oh, so well, yeah. It's, you, it's... See, you see, like, an engineer now has the ability that he can create. He can physically create the most amazing structures. But he can't. But when he starts trying to draw new ones, mm. he, he can't do it. So it's, do I, do, what do I want to gain and risk? So it's the thing is, you can turn invisible as long as no one's no one's looking directly at you. It's it's more like you can turn invisible, but then um, you know you will be a horrible human being. (laughs) It's only the surface of your skin. Well, (laughs) but but, but basically, that that series ends with Loki getting basically a stern talking to from those who sit sit above. Oh yeah, Um, Bush family. Yeah, but uh, but uh, Loki and and, but Loki is very clearly instructed that he's not allowed to take revenge on the X Men or Alpha Flight. His workaround so he doesn't. is to kidnap the New Mutants, who are the, the, the kids at the Xavier School at the time, mm-hmm. uh, and strand them in Asgard. Um, and Storm, because Storm wasn't with the X-Men at the time. And he, he gives her the he power of Thor. No, he makes her he gives her the power of Thor. He creates a, first he turns her into a falcon with a mohawk, but let's oh, not sure, talk about yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> I pity the fool! Uh, but no, she had a mohawk at the time. Um, <laughs> mohawk Storm's rap. 80s. Um, oh, powerless mohawk Storm. Yeah, which awesome. the best thing about Powerless Mohawk Storm is she's substantially more effective than regular Storm. <laughs> she's a total badass. Wasn't that the Storm who kicked Cyclops' ass while not yes. having powers and yeah. took control it's of the X-Men? It's great, it's great. I'm getting X-Men 201. Yeah, the, challenge, the challenge of, okay, uh, Cyclops says, okay, I'm coming back now. Um, I'm leader. No, no, I'm leader. Uh, okay, we're going to fight for it. So we go into the danger room, and I think it's uh, Doug Ramsey sets it up as a like a, a street scene with lots of alleys and lots of places to hide. So she's got an advantage. Cyclops has got his powers. He's got an advantage. Storm kicks shit. <laughs> I mean, it's just being Scott Summers. Like it's rough to be Scott. Guys. He's he's class crazy, but no one likes him. It's, oh, it's, it's I, tough I, just to tell you, Cyclops is my favorite X Man. Okay, <laughs> he's fundamentally the best character in that franchise. So I, I've given my shout out, mm-hmm. as is my prerogative. That mm-hmm. was the limited series. People need to go and read that Squadron Supreme because it's really, really cool. Uh, now, mm-hmm. so you've had two each. Do you want to do? A collaborative cluster fucking of Civil War. What would you like? No, no, no. no, no, no. We'll save Civil War for later. Uh, for later. I, I can talk about some more good ones. I can talk about some more bad ones. I'd like okay, to talk I'm, about I, one. We're gonna, we're gonna need one more each. 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about one that Greg doesn't like and I understand why he doesn't like it, but that I love. It's Ooh, a limited conflict. series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you, you going to talk about next week? Yes, I'm going to talk about next Not a limited series. It was cancelled. That's different. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't matter because it's a limited number of issues. Right? Next Wave, written by Warren it's, Ellis. Uh, um, use its full title. Next Wave, <laughs> Just of Hate. hate. <laughs> it's, That's the, what is the acronym for? It's like... Highest anti anti terrorism uh, uh, something with something an e. something with an yeah. e. Uh, the, the, the led by uh, a guy uh, named Dirk Anger. That's, that's um, Dirk that's Anger. Dirk <laughs> Anger. Yes, <laughs> he's he's literally a almost a one to one representation of Nick Fury. Except for the eye patch. Yeah, except for the eye patch. He's got a different eye. No, no, no. He's got no eye patch. He's got an eye patch. He's got like this weird, like little monocle, futuristic glass thing. On a side note, Apple's never taken advantage of that and created a thing that just fits over your eyes. You can watch TV and call it the eye patch. Oh, no. Apple didn't, but that does exist. The 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 Saiyan power power monsters from those things exist. Um, cool. They've been, they've been trying anyway, Why don't you like it? <laughs> no, I love it. I think it's fantastic. Why so? But I love it because it's it's very much a tongue-in-cheek parody of S.H.I.E.L.D. and, mm-hmm. um, and Nick Fury. Mm-hmm. And it is incredibly ridiculous. So, for example, the first... I think the first time you see Dirk Angus, either the first or the second time, he's sitting on a giant gun that has this huge barrel, like pointed towards him <laughs> but he's sitting on top of it so it's got this like weird half cycle what did he do fight Wiley Coyote in the Roadrunner no so what, ha- what you find out is that Hate this anti-terrorism organization is actually a subsidiary of an evil company the, the Beyond Corporation the, the, the Beyond Corporation that is testing weapons of not mass but like weird destruction uh, it's, on it's um an on like american soil yeah. it's an excuse for warren ellis to write really weird comedy stuff set yes. in the marvel universe yes. uh-huh. which has alternately been in canon and not been in canon yes. for a while it's 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 after it came out uh, it's basically this book starred five is it five it's four four Marvel characters who existed previously and one new character yeah so it was so the she-man it, it, monica oh, rambo wow. yeah um, Shaman was cool. Oh man! Um, <laughs> I can uh, I can never look at him without well, this. Well, none of them have code names. Yeah. They, they all drop their code names. So Machine uh, Man is just Aaron Stack. Gotcha. Monarch yeah. um, Rambo is Monarch Rambo. Yeah. Uh, Boom Boom is, still... is, is just is just going by uh, Tabitha Smith. Sure. Yeah, but she's still. Uh, and what's oh Elsa Bloodstone, who is a character who had one miniseries prior to that, and they yeah. kind of completely changed her. Right. <laughs> but um, and they introduced a character called the Captain, because his code name is Captain. Blank because it's a swear word, and the first time we met Captain America, he kicked the shit out of him, and then washed his mouth out with soap. Yes, because uh, of course Cap would do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, the Captain has Superman style powers; he's got flying and super strength. And yes, stuff. but he is a disaster of a human being. So I mean, it's all right now. It's Captain Cool. It's, it's, I mean, the implication is he's Captain Fuck, yeah. but okay. we're never quite sure. <laughs> but um, but it's it's really ridiculous and. Part of the reason Greg hates it is... Oh, I don't hate it. Don't you? Do you like uh, it? Because I remember I, I saw them like you and you were like... I own nine issues of it. Like, really Someone wants to sell me those missing three. <laughs> um, um, no, no, look, it's, it's biggest problem for me and the thing I still have a problem with. It. It's, still, it's a really fun series, but it does kind of completely ignore 80% of those characters. Yes. Uh, Absolutely. Backstories and motivations. Right. Um, although, if you the the for a long time that version of Aaron Stack was the de- default Marvel Universe one. Okay. Uh, I believe summed up in the the line um, 
Shut up, uh, fleshy meat bag. Bring uh, my robot brain, brain requires more beer. Yes, there's a, there's, there's, there's a great scene where. Okay. Oh, so, because, because Machine Man at some point went off with the Celestials. Was it the Celestials or the you know? I, I haven't read the whole thing, so. I, I think it's the Celestials. So yeah. like, there's a point. No, this is before the series. Like, there's a point long ago where, like, Machine Man went off with Oh, no, the he's created by the Celestials. Yeah. And so there's, there's or this. Or by the, the obelisk from 2001. Yeah. It's complicated. Anyway, <laughs> anyway so he's hanging out with the. With the uh, celestials and there's there's a cutscene right he's busy telling us about his backstory where we see that they fucking hate him they're basically like you are a douchebag or shit but obviously because it's a comic book it's it's um sort of blanked out and he sits there and all he says is like so now you've seen what happens when a machine cries or now you've seen a machine oh, cry or something so <laughs> even an android can cry perhaps even, yeah, <laughs> even an android can cry because they're, they're and they just sort of look at him they go you see this is what we're talking about. This is why you're the worst. And they just send him back to Earth. And it's got these great moments of hilarity. Mm-hmm. Broccoli people, man. Broccoli people. Broccoli people. Also the murderous um, koala bears. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to spoil the, the last issue, which is yeah. just full of, like, the most ludicrous versions of Marvel Universe properties. Ever. Um, there's a, the, the second issue features Fing Fang Foom, and the, the running thing about Fing Fang Foom in that comic is, why does he wear purple underpants? Yeah, what's the point? Is Why does he wear mind? tiny purple underpants? Yeah. What's that about? That's the only thing they want to talk about. Be like, because you can't have cloaca yeah. in Marvel. And sadly, sadly, it got cancelled. But it oh. was. To be it fair, was it just wasn't selling very well. Um, which makes sense. It, it, did, it did have the greatest uh, tagline ever, which was, uh, I believe, healing the world by punching people in the face. Yeah. It also had a great uh, Civil War cover. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, so, next wave. Agents of, Agents, Agents of Hate. Agents of Hate is a recommendation. Hell yes. All right. Especially last, if you just want to have some fun. Last one then. Oh, right. yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying to think of a limited series. You can, you, doesn't have to be a limited series. It can be crossover. It can be um, if you want to give Image some love. If you want to uh, give DC You know, no, like, um, uh, you know. Uh, can uh, we have a conversation about Avengers vs. X-Men? We can if you want. Although maybe Les needs that for, for crossover podcast mark two. Actually, uh, no, if that's the one you want to talk about, we can have to do that. I, it's it's a weird crossover. Um, it is. It's got some really good moments. It's but it's 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 the uh, the uh, dictionary definition of too many cooks. Yeah. Um, because it was the event that they decided to have their four biggest writers. It was supposed to be their five biggest writers, but one of them just doesn't write an issue. Uh, their four their four biggest writers write who are uh, at the time Jason were Jason were Aaron, Jason Aaron uh, Brian Michael Bendis, Jonathan Hickman, and Matt Fraction. Okay. And Brubaker is the fifth. Architect. They, they, uh, this is all comes from they they advertised uh, did advertisement for these five writers as nice. the Marvel architects. Um, um, Brubaker was stepping out because he was trying to leave writing for Marvel at the time. Okay. No, no, because he hated Marvel, but because his his solo work had really taken off. Yeah. And he was finishing up his cap run, so he doesn't write an issue at all. Uh, and Fraction's mm-hmm. issues are very by the book. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's it's a very interesting crossover. It's it starts with the X Men and Avengers punching each other a lot. Is this is this crossover an editorially mandated one, or is this a um, an organic thing? Uh, I it, I think I think a little of both. Yeah. Um, I think I think the 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 editorial mandate is we want a crossover where the X Men and the the Avengers punch each other, and then everything after that is. The writers. Right. So, right. so they're given free reign of how to set that up. And the yeah. setup is the Phoenix Force is coming back to Earth. Okay. <laughs> and that uh, Hope Summers, who is a... a uh, Sorry. Okay. I've never had a sneeze hurt my ear before. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. anyway, Hope, uh, Summers. Hope, Hope Summers, who is a, a red-headed, uh, green-eyed uh, young lady with mutant powers. Uh, oh, no. Is, no, she's, she's the first child born after M-Day. 
uh, and her power is actually. She, How did she get the son's name? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you. Uh, she's, she, she's 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 first child born after M Day, and, and her birth explodes Cerebra. Huh. Um, yeah. Anyway, that was a crossover a couple of years back before this. Um, right. She at the end of that crossover, she is taken into the future by Cable to be raised. Where she is, that's why she's called Hope Summers because she's raised by Cable. Oh, she's an so adopted she's not, daughter. Uh, she's not actually of the Summers. She's, no. she's not a Summers. Uh, okay, yeah, gotcha. she's an adoptive Summers. Which really, <laughs> what difference does it make at this point? <laughs> um, but she's she's come back to Earth, and the, the general consensus is the Phoenix is coming up back to to take her as the host. Yeah. Oh right. Um, okay. And the Avengers are like, well, the Phoenix destroyed a son, and that's bad. Also, um, like a planet or two. It, um, and the X Men are like, no, but she's probably coming back to restart the mutants. Uh, bloodline, mm-hmm. probably. Cyclops <laughs> is very firm on this, although he has very little evidence for it. Yes. But but his argument is the Phoenix has always been about change, not destruction. Yes, mm-hmm. which is uh, pretty fair. So the X Men and the, the Avengers have a big fight about what they should do about hope. Yeah. Um, the end result is for various reasons. There's a fight on the moon, as you do, and Iron Man shoots the Phoenix in the heart with a giant cannon, as and the does. Phoenix instead of uh, well, it attempts it attempts to possess hope. But she rejects it, and so it possesses five different X-Men, uh, which are Cyclops, Emma Frost, Colossus, Namor. Magic, and Namor, the Submariner, who at the moment, at the time, was running around with the X-Men. Yeah. I was going to say he's he's not an X-Men. Oh, he's he's, he's he mutant. was at the time. He's technically okay. the first mutant. If you want to get into it, yeah. yes. Um, and they became the Phoenix Five. And yeah. the first thing they did was save the world. They oh, they turned they turned the Earth into a utopia. Yeah. Uh huh. But, um, well, you've read a Phoenix story or two, so you know how this plays out. Oh, yeah. Um, Always goes bad. Essentially, the Phoenix, the Phoenix does not handle normal human emotions very well. Um, and oh, so, like, we haven't seen that before. Yeah. So yeah. After, after immediately creating a wonderful utopia for everyone, mm-hmm. um, these X-Men start to become more and more unstable. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually they start, like, the Avengers start to try and defeat them because there are certain things they're doing that they're just not keen on. Yeah. Um, and as, as they get to... Defeated the the power from the defeated ones flows back into the other the remaining okay. ones, yeah. um, making them more and more unstable. Sure, yeah. the, the crossover ends with Cyclops. Um, the crap out of Emma Frost. Cyclops <laughs> takes the power from Emma. Yeah, um, and uh, essentially becomes Dark Phoenix. Cyclops kills yeah. Xavier, mm-hmm. uh, and then everybody teams up to punch him in the face. Yeah. Um, but it's great it's really worth reading yeah, um, the, the, the middle issue really issue well. 6 is probably one of the best single comics I've read in years oh. mm-hmm. okay. um, by Jonathan Hickman who's the guy who goes on to write Secret Wars which we already said talked about how much he's we like he's so great guys he's um, so great it's, it's certainly a big budget Marvel event it's mm-hmm. uh, it maybe could have stood to be a little shorter and maybe have less writers mm-hmm. yeah but it, it's still a really good event overall it's, it's, a lo- it's, it's actually really enjoyable and it's really interesting again because you do have a little bit of that grey area mm-hmm. moral quandary for both the Avengers and the X-Men because yeah. understandably this may have been the only way to restart the mutant race because at sure. the time there's like less than a thousand of them if not there's just a hundred there's less than 200 yeah there's, there's like less than 200 mutants at and the time and they do a lot of shagging to spread uh, the no, 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 no. not the, even the, the, the problem is, is, is as, as the, it, no more mutants didn't just Deep wipe power. out ninety percent of the uh, mutants on the planet. Didn't take away the powers. It stopped mutants being able to propagate. It didn't oh, sterilize yeah. them, but no X gene births were happening. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. except for Hope, so, who then also triggered X genes in a couple other kids. But the end result is the Phoenix dissipates and gives back the mutant genome. Uh, yeah, um, okay. and suddenly people all over the planet become new mutants. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. I think and, that, uh, this is before. The movies happened, and then they mm-hmm. decided that because they couldn't get the X Men franchise back, they'd turn everyone into Inhumans. That's, that's yes. not actually what's happening. 
in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, well, <laughs> that I've, is, that I've is, heard, I've heard. It's happening in the TV set, in the in the full yeah, universe. So rather, they, well, they, no, no one's been made in the new. So to help, to help Vic, to help Vic here. Fox has the rights to the term mutant and anything associated with uh, No, 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 they, 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 they don't have the rights to mutant. This X Men and all associated properties. Uh, yeah, yeah, but this is the issue is this, right? It doesn't stop Marvel from doing anything with them because they own them. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, because, so, so let's, all, let's all rewind to 1998. Marvel has filed for bankruptcy yes. because, because of the, the crazy speculative uh, burst of the mid 90s um, and some very the, shitty business and decisions. And the abortive dis- direct. Distribution model they tried. Oh sure, I mean it's also if you, if you if you read um, Sean Howe's fantastic Marvel comics, The Untold Story, which I really recommend. Um, Marvel was at the time owned by a corporate raider who was essentially just trying to flip it, so it's no surprise that it was being run badly. But um, in their attempt to get, basically, uh, they got out of bankruptcy because Toy Biz, a company they used to own, bought them. It's complicated, um, but. One of the first couple of things they did to try and alleviate the state of bankruptcy is they signed a bunch of film deals. Mm-hmm. But because they were a bankrupt company, they signed a bunch of very bad film deals, so bad. Um, which basically gave the properties, to, <coughs> uh, gave the license to the properties. I mean, this, again, the properties are all owned by Marvel, mm-hmm. but the film licenses for those properties are as long as certain criteria met, which is usually make a film every five years. Those are perpetually with the companies that have the rights yeah. to them. So Fox has Fantastic Four and uh, X Men and all associated properties, and uh, Sony has Spider Man. How, how, how many different bad versions of Fantastic Four do they have to make before they get the damn hint? Um, they're just going to keep doing it because, we because it's, that it's, out it's, mm. it's they're probably it financially more viable for them to make shitty movies a tank than lose the property. Yeah. Um, Which is really depressing because uh, it could have been such a great movie. I don't know. I didn't see it, but but it's the the logic is kind of like oh you know Paramount let the Hulk license slip and their movies are crap, but look at how good the Hulk is now. Yeah. We could have had that if we just waited around. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, you know, so that's Sony. Sony has obviously very recently made a deal with Marvel so that Spider Man can appear in the movies. Sony is still making a big profit on the movies, but it works for everybody. Yeah. Um, Does this mean we won't get that Sinister Six movie they wanted to make? Boy, I hope so. Uh, I really hope we don't get that Sinister Six movie. Um, but ba- basically, the, the, the Skinner is. So the, the, the guy who, he doesn't own Marvel anymore. He's just the CEO, which is, uh, his name is Isaac Perlmutter. Um, he is the guy who brokered the deal with Disney. So he he's still the CEO of Marvel, and he is also the largest shareholder, single human being shareholder at Disney because of the sale. Um, he, for whatever reason, does not like Fox. He doesn't like... I don't know if he doesn't like the way they've dealt with him or whatever. John's always a Firefly fan. <laughs> <laughs> I sincerely doubt it, seeing that he's 60. Uh, yeah, uh, Brian of all ages. Sure, sure, sure. But it doesn't strike me as this kind of thing. I don't think he likes superheroes very much either. Um, oh, good. He's a suit involved uh, in a business he knows uh, nothing about. The thing is, it's, it, he's, not, he's, he's, not, uh, he's not interested He's not interested in the creative stuff. He, they leave that to other people. Which is, okay. which but exactly but this, is, this is where the problem comes. Because he doesn't want to advertise... Fox's properties. As far as he's concerned, they're making Fox. So, I mean, this is again, this is all rumor. There's no officialness yeah. for this. But the X Men line has halved in the last six months, and look, which is actually a really great thing for the X Men mm-hmm. line because the X Men line was too big. Um, and the Fantastic Four com- comic has ceased publication. Mm-hmm. Now, people are saying this is a definite sign that these rumors are true. I don't think that's entirely true because honestly, Fantastic Four has not been a great seller for years. Yeah. Um, not even but, the great John Hickman one. But the the big the big signs in favor of these rumors at least having a grain of truth is that Marvel have 
pretty much stopped doing X-Men and Fantastic Four licensed stuff. So they don't do okay. t-shirts. They don't really do Fantastic Four toys. Mm. X-Men is a different case because honestly, X-Men still makes them a shit ton of money. Yeah. Um, so they can't exactly out of sheer spite shut down. But, but so the, the, um, I think we're getting to, yeah, the, so the rumor is that uh, the reason the X-Men comics aren't there, uh, are the rumor, the reason that they're, they're the X-Men are, are, are there, the rumor is, sorry, for ramble. The rumor is they're trying to replace the X-Men with the Inhumans, which yes. is probably the Marvel duo. Move away from the mutant tagline to, oh, they are Inhumans, yeah. which, uh, is, what, so which is the storyline that they get pushed in Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. What's uh, really interesting Inhumans. about the Inhumans is that, technically speaking, the Inhumans, Black Bolt, everyone from that line, including Black Panther, or all but, technically... Black Panther's not, not a Panther. He's, no, but, no, he's not an Inhuman, sorry, yeah. but what I mean is they all originally came from the Fantastic Four... Yeah, yeah but, but, they, but luckily they became big enough that they got their own. What, whatever, like it's it's the it, the 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 distinction of where the licenses lies is confusing because obviously you've had Quicksilver in two in a movie, an X Men movie, and an Avengers movie. Because you know he's both um, X Men and Yeah, he's appeared first in the X Men, but obviously he's a very big Avengers kid. What 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 is tied up in each property is confusing. The X Men is a little more easier. It's oh, characters who are mutants. Yeah. Yeah. See that Deadpool movie that people saw. Except Franklin, because. Even the Franklin. Yeah, but Franklin's very tangentially a movie. Franklin is not a mutant in like terms of legal standing. He's a mutant in terms of in the same way Namor is a mutant. Is that like oh, like he was born with his powers, so he's he's a mutant. mutant, You know. Uh, I think that is the point that we wrap up. Okay. So I just want just want to say that that that's not really what's happening. The Inhumans are not replacing the X Men, but clearly the writer. No, no, the writers clearly. Looked at what the rumors were and were like, well, we're going to lean into this for good drama purposes. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, sorry, I just don't want to leave on what sounded like a really depressing note. Totally fine. Uh, we've each had great. goes, huh? Neumans are great. You should not be depressed about the humans. Uh, we've each had to go at good, and I gave you the option for good and or bad limited mm-hmm. series or crossovers. Uh, our next topic, which I think will be, when does Naz get back? Um, he's back in like like third, fourth week of March, so might be cutting it a bit fine because I'd like to talk about Batman versus Superman. I mean, he'll be back before then. He will be back before. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Okay, because that okay. would give us. Okay. We can discuss the different storylines that might from the comics that might impact this story. We don't necessarily have to say. How uh, we can just have like the proper Batman? Who would win Batman versus Superman discussions? I'll, I'll tell you. I'll say that right now. Batman. Who cares? <laughs> if that's uh, your question, so I worry I think, about uh, you. I think that will be that will be our next topic. How do you feel about that? That's yeah, what, that, that's that sounds like I mean, a good topic. I, I, I have I, mean, I have many feelings about the movie. Me too. Uh, this is. Why I do should you think warn I invite you people. I should warn everyone that there's a good chance that. The, because of how I feel about the movie, there may be tears. Look, I just I want to say that I, I really who's, want that movie to be. Who's going to be crying? You. Me. I will be crying. You will weep during the podcast. I will probably, depending on like depending on the movie, right? So just from what I've seen from the movie, I know that I will also definitely be weeping while I watch the movie. But you know, you don't have to watch the movie. No one is forcing you. I, it's complicated. I it's kind of thing. do have to watch it. It's a thing. Uh, Batman vs Superman is the abusive comic <laughs> property that uh, yes. you can't leave, yes. but uh, but uh, they won't stop hurting right. you. It's exactly. because he cares. Yeah, Batman vs no. Superman is terrible because it, it hurts me because oh. I care. Uh-huh. Right. Um, so well, I, I have very very strong feelings about this. You so now heads have, up. You now have I mean, a couple of weeks. Think to about this. Gird your emotional self and see if you can tough it out. 
Don't tell me what to do. If I want to cry on this podcast, I will. More drama. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently the guests are exercising their right now. (laughs) You're not the boss of me. Um, I'm, you may just not yeah, know when it's going to be recorded. Let's get spiteful. Um, the email's going to go to Greg and to Naz and probably oh. to Hannes Brummer as a guest. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. like that. Hey, you threw the gauntlet down first. Guys, mm. Are you shutting me up because I'm a woman and you don't like us to express our emotions? No, we do. We, we're you shutting you up because your hair is not real. <laughs> no, dude. My hair is very real. That's not it, it, it does not. It does, in fact, exist. <laughs> no, I, I like the idea that you have a theoretical weave that it, 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 it both exists and does not exist currently in Schrodinger's hair yes Schrodinger's hair thank your, you your feminist your feminist bits are not the reason we're having this discussion keep telling us up oh now you're labeling me like like a tacit fe- um, it's getting really intense it's, yeah. it's really getting yeah it's getting, it's getting very intense hey I'm gonna have to take off my earrings hey I remember you were going to make your own podcast where we could talk about issues like this. When is that happening? Soon. Soon. Allegedly. Soon. Right. And off look, in the distance. Look, as, as All I'm saying host. is like, the other half of the um, host of that podcast is in fact in a different country at the moment. Look, I'm just uh, going to say, I also advertise a podcast that hasn't come out yet, and we've recorded the same episode twice already. So, because uh, <laughs> you've got to be sure. <laughs> well, look, the first time we got through Three and a half issues of Amazing Spider-Man in two hours. And we decided that that was maybe a little long for the casual listener. <laughs> um, but maybe we should accelerate the pace. <laughs> An hour is a good amount of time. Oh, no, I think it's still two hours. But at least we get through more issues of Spider-Man. Because <laughs> what you want is quantity. Yeah. I if, think, uh, and I think it's that point. Well, well, as soon as it's ready, please let us know. Oh, of course, of course. Uh, I have to sit and edit it, which I'm supposed to be doing while Naz is away. Now, there's but, a reason uh, why Release the Geek is not edited in any way. Uh, yeah, ours definitely needs to be edited. <laughs> 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 um, right. If you think I take a lot of bathroom breaks in this podcast, Get boy, you. you don't even know. <laughs> uh, guys, thank you. Oh, sorry. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for your time. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, freak! That was Release the Geek, the official podcast of Geek XP. What the chain of command is, it's a chain I go get and beat you with till you understand who's in rut and command here. To contact the show, you can email us at releasethegeek, one word, at geekxp.co.za. Thanks for listening. I'll be back. Mm-hmm.